0: Our reading today is from John 10, verse 11 to 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays on his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Great. Okay, so uh, I'm going to speak to the girls, but I'm going to speak to everyone as well. So it would be great if you could all uh, listen and, and follow along. Uh, okay, so we're going to be talking about jesus if i can make sure this mic is on my ear properly i think it is uh, we're going to be talking about jesus as the the hero that rescues the hero who rescues and i think i had it upside down so we're all good now
1: okay we're going to be talking about the
0: hero that rescues and we're going to think about three things to sort of help us work through this okay so three things to help us work through it okay if you go on to the next slide Jesus is strong, but he's good, okay? He's strong, but good. He loves his people, and he rescues from danger. Every hero does these three things, don't they? When you think about all the Disney heroes uh, that we've been thinking about, if you think about soldiers as well, if you think about any hero, like a doctor or like a firefighter, they use their strength for good. They love and care for the people they're rescuing, and then they rescue them. They bring them out of danger, as we've been talking about, OK? So can anybody tell me or can, if anyone was listening for the reading, what did Jesus what did Jesus say? He described himself as something he described himself as "the something. I am the something." Can anybody remember? There's a hand there, but I don't think it's a G.B person. <laughs> he says, "I am the good something." I hear it being whispered. I am the good shepherd, okay? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So what we find, okay, in this, we're gonna look at his sort of speech. And so what we find is that he's giving a speech to a big group of people, okay? A big group of people. And he's describing himself. He's saying, look, I am like a good shepherd, okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, Jesus wasn't literally a shepherd, okay? He didn't actually own any sheep. Jesus wasn't literally calling himself a shepherd. So what does he mean when he says, I am the good shepherd, he's not a shepherd, what does he mean? Well, in the Bible, sometimes kings are called shepherds. Okay? If you think about this for a second, this makes sense, doesn't it? Because a king would maybe look after people just like a shepherd would look after people. A king would uh, command his people and give them announcements and guide his people just like a shepherd would guide his sheep with his voice. A king would maybe fight off uh, invaders and, and bad people just like a shepherd would fight off wolves and all these wild animals to, to protect the sheep. A king would help his people and make sure that they are blessed, make sure that they live in a really nice, peaceful country, just like a shepherd would help the sheep and make sure that they are resting and that they're okay. So when Jesus says, I'm a shepherd, what he's really saying is, I am a king. I'm a king. This makes sense because if you ever read the Bible, and maybe you guys have studied this a little bit in your your GB, but Jesus often talks about a kingdom. He often says about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. So when he says he's a shepherd, he says he's the king. This is a bit of a picture, okay? Jesus saying that just like a shepherd watches over his sheep in a a sheep pen, um, I watch over my people. I will watch over my people in a kingdom, a sheep pen, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the king of heaven and he'll be king forever. And you know, we have kings in in Britain, don't we? We understand a little bit about what a king is like. And so Jesus is a king in two different ways. How many ways is he king? He's king in two different ways, okay? He's king because, uh, just like in our country, you know, we've got King Charles at the moment, don't we? And one day his son, William, will be king, and his son, George, will be king. Uh, in a similar way, Jesus is from a line of kings. Jesus' great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, etc. etc., was a king called King David. Jesus is from a line of kings. But Jesus is king in another way. Jesus is not just a human being from a line of kings. Jesus is the king of the universe. What's so amazing is that Jesus is the king of the universe. Jesus is God. See, the claim of the Bible that we're thinking about today is not just that Jesus was a king, not just that he was a good man, but that he was the king of the universe who became a man. He's the king of the whole world who became a human being. He took on a human nature. He took on body and soul. I don't know uh, if you have a favorite app on your phone. Who's a favorite app on their phone? What is it? Is it TikTok? Yeah? <laughs> okay. My, so I recently discovered an app on my phone, okay, called Sky Tonight. Does anybody have this app on their phone? It's called Sky Tonight. And what's so amazing with this app is that you download it and you turn it on and you point it up into the sky, and it shows you all the different patterns that the stars are in, and it shows you the names of the stars, and how far away they are, and how big they are. So it really, really is amazing. You're looking up the star, and sometimes you think it's a star, and it's actually a planet. You're like, whoa, that's, that's Jupiter that I can see from, from Earth, okay? But some of these stars are absolutely amazing. So I'm going to give you a few examples, okay? So one star, everyone knows the North Star, uh, the North Star. Uh, is 433 light years away, okay? Apparently, that is about 2,598 trillion miles away, okay? I don't know if I even said that number right, correctly, because it's so, so far away, okay? I'll give you another example, okay? There's a star, okay, called UY Scuti. It's a great name, isn't it? UY Scuti, okay? And this star is 1,700 times bigger than our sun. If you imagine the sun, okay, imagine 1,700 of our suns put together. This is how big that star is. And yet it looks so, so small in the sky because it's so far away. In fact, it's 57,000 trillion miles away. Isn't that just mind-blowing? And you should try this sometime, right? Whenever you look up in the sky and whenever you forget about the people beside you or the things around you and you're just staring out into open space and you're looking at these humongous, gigantic, but really, really far away things, whenever you look at that for a long time, you feel so small. You feel so tiny. To think that there are uh, 1,700-sized Uh, stars and there's billions of them all in front of you you feel so small so how amazing is it that the creator who made these things in fact the god who exists beyond the furthest star in one on one side and beyond the furthest star on the other side that god became a tiny human like us that god became a baby He became a boy your age, or the age of the girl sitting in front of me. He became a man my age. So the king of the universe becomes a human. And he's not just the king. He says he is the good shepherd. He's the good king. You know, there are so many kings in the world that use their strength for evil things. They're really awful to the people in their kingdom. They serve themselves. They don't serve them. But not like Jesus. Jesus is the king. He is so much powerful. He created these stars. He controls everything. And yet he uses his power for good. So that's the first thing. Jesus is strong, but he's good. Okay. And how is is he good? Well, this is the second thing, if you want to push on the slide. Uh, the second thing is that Jesus loves his people. So he's strong but good, and he loves his people. I'm going to read you what Jesus said uh, in the thing that we uh, just heard about earlier on. So Jesus Jesus is speaking to a whole bunch of people, and this is what he says. He says, I'm the good shepherd. And then he says, the hired hand. So that means the person who's just paid to look after sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, doesn't own the sheep. And so whenever he sees the wolf coming he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and scatters the sheep, and the man runs away because he's just paid to be there. He's not the shepherd. So what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that, listen very carefully, if somebody belongs to you, then you know them and you love them more than anyone else, even to the point that you'd risk your life for them. That's what Jesus is saying. So did you hear that? If someone belongs to you, then you know them, and you love them more than anyone else, even to the point that you'd risk your life for them. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus gives the picture of a sheepfold, and he says, you know, if someone's just paid to look after the sheep, that person doesn't really know the sheep. He doesn't really love the sheep, um, and if danger came, he'd probably just run away. He'd probably just try to save himself because, you know, he doesn't really care about these sheep. But Jesus says, "I'm the shepherd." that you belong to me, and that I know you and love you more than anyone else, even to the point that I'd risk my life for you. It's a bit like a mother and a child. You know, a mother would, uh, a mother knows, you know, your mom knows you more than anyone else does. She loves you more than anyone else does. Uh, and a, a lot of mothers would be prepared to give their life if it meant saving their child. This is what Jesus' love is like, except times a trillion, times a million, Jesus says, I, I love you and I know you more than anyone else, even to the point of giving my life for you. Not only risking my life, but giving my life for you. Who are the sheep? The sheep are Jesus' people. And now, who exactly are Jesus' people? Could it be? Uh, is it a certain country that he's king over? Uh, is, it, uh, you know, is it just a group of friends that he had back whenever he was on earth? Who are Jesus' people? This is what Jesus says. I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know me and they listen to my voice. Who are Jesus' people? Who are Jesus' sheep? They're those who listen to his voice. And they don't just sort of hear his voice like an audible noise. They listen to it, and they trust it. Jesus' sheep, Jesus' people trust the voice of him. They trust his voice. And Jesus doesn't love them because they listen to him, in fact, if it wasn't for Jesus, they would probably never listen to him in the first place. He's the one who helps them. In fact, Jesus' shaped Jesus' people have done nothing to deserve Jesus' love. And yet, they belong to him. He treats them like family. He knows them. He loves them, even to the point of risking his life for them. The king of the universe, the one who's bigger than all the stars, came down to earth and he views you, if you're trusting in him, as family. You belong to him. He loves you and he knows you, even to the point of giving his life for you. It's like the song. I'm sure everyone knows this song. Our God is a great big God. He's higher than the skyscraper. He's deeper than the submarine, wider than the universe. That's what we've just been thinking about. He's beyond our wildest dreams. And what's the next line? He's known me and he's loved me since before the very world began. How wonderful to be a part of God's amazing plan. It's wonderful to be one of God's sheep, one of Jesus' sheep that belong to him, that he loves, that he cares for, even to the point of risking his life for them to be safe. We're going to think a little bit more about what that looks like, what rescuing them to safety looks like. Uh, But we're going to sing first, and then after that, we're going to think about our final point about Jesus' rescue. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm not going to speak for very much longer, so uh, if you want to pay attention and and lock in and focus, we're not going to be here for much longer, okay? But I want to ask, has any of you, especially the girls at the front, has anyone been on holiday to Donegal before? Hands away, you've been on holiday in Donegal before. Some of you have, okay? Me and my family go to Donegal every year. It's sort of a bit of a tradition for us uh, to go on holiday to Donegal. And there's a specific walk, a bit of a favorite walk, that we always go on in Donegal, sort of round a mountain. Uh, and whenever you're on this walk, you always come across sheep like this. Okay? You're looking at the sheep and you're like, where is your, is your family? Where on earth is your flock? Uh, because they've gone astray, they've gone rogue, and they have basically ended up in the most random places. Some of them ended up in a ditch, others maybe on top of a rock, or others like this sheep on the edge of a cliff. I actually remember seeing a sheep in Donegal right on the edge of a cliff and yet it looked like it was just chilling. It looked sort of happy to be there. It had this sort of blank expression on its face. It had no idea that it was in really, a really dangerous situation. It was in danger, and it had no idea it was in danger. You know, it's possible to be in danger and not realize you're in danger. To be in danger and not really, not really feel like it. Feel like everything's okay and think that everything's okay. It's a bit like if you imagine a man sitting in a house that maybe wasn't built properly, you know, the roof could come in at any second, and yet he has no idea. He thinks he's safe. Like the sheep, he thinks he's safe, and yet he's in a really dangerous situation. So what have we been thinking about? We've been thinking about Jesus, the hero who rescues us. We've said that he's strong and kind. We've even just sung that he's strong and kind. He loves his people. And then finally, Jesus rescues his people. He rescues them from danger. Now, I'm going to read some more words. Remember, we're thinking about Jesus' speech, his I am the good shepherd speech. I'm going to read some more words, and I want you all to listen for something. Jesus says that he must do something. There's something that he must do, and I want you to try and listen and see what, see what he says. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I think that just means anyone in the world who listens to Jesus as, as a sheep. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Did everyone hear that? What did Jesus say? I must bring my sheep somewhere. I must bring them. Where's he bringing them? Jesus says he's come to bring his sheep into the sheepfolds. What's that the picture of? We've been talking that the shepherd is like a king. So in other words, the king has come and he's come to take his people and bring them into his kingdom, so that they're all one flock, that they're in his kingdom. But that means that if Jesus has to gather his people up, what does that mean? What if, like, on to the next slide? If if Jesus has to gather his people together in the one flock, what does that mean? Well, it means that all of his people have wandered off. In fact, the Bible says that not just his people, but in fact, everyone in the whole world has wandered off. Just like this sheep in Donegal has ignored its farmer, it's ignored its shepherd, and it's wandered off and gone to danger. We have ignored God as the shepherd of us all. As the king of the universe, we've actually ignored him and wandered off from him. And Jesus has come to bring us all back. What does that mean? What does it mean to ignore God, to wander off from him? Well, the Bible says that God has given us rules, okay? And these aren't rules to spoil our fun. In fact, the rules actually to show us how to live the greatest life, how to live a life of flourishing, a life of purpose and meaning. Okay, So he's given us these rules, just like a shepherd maybe tells the sheep what to do for the sheep's own good. God has given us rules and told us what to do for our own good, He's told us how to uh, how to, listen, how to uh, act towards him, how to act towards one another. He's told us that we should be faithful, we should be kind, we should be loving, we should be patient. But like the sheep in Donegal, like the sheep on the screen, we've ignored his rules and we've done our own thing. We've walked away from him. Don't we? I mean, we, we tear each other down, don't we? We, uh, we gossip about each other. We break our promises to each other. We're always, we're often very selfish, very angry, very proud. We've not kept God's rules. God's given us these rules in, his bi- in the Bible, but he's also put them on our hearts. I mean, all of us really know what's right and wrong, and yet we know that we, we do wrong all the time. So, like the sheep in Donegal, walking away from God... We've also walked away from, well, walking away from the shepherd, we've also walked away from God. And like the sheep in Donegal, if you look at the sheep, not only has he walked away from the shepherd, but he's walked into danger. And Jesus is saying that actually, if we've walked away from God, we've walked into danger as well. And actually, this danger isn't just a risk, like like the sheep here. This danger is a guarantee. And the danger is that even though God is really, really loving and really, really kind, God will punish those who disobey him. He'll punish those who disobey him. So like the sheep, we might not realize we're in danger. We might not feel like it. We might think that we're absolutely fine. But actually, the Bible says that we've walked away from God, and we deserve his punishment. That's the danger that we're in. That's the danger that we're in. We've disobeyed God. We deserve punishment, and that's, that's our danger. Now, this might sound a wee bit harsh. This idea of punishment might sound a wee bit harsh. But actually, I was thinking about this earlier in the week, and you know, whenever we, whenever we uh, offend somebody who's really, really important, we get worse consequences for that, okay? Let me give you an example, okay? Imagine I had my friend up here, and we got into an argument, and I punched my friend, okay? The consequence for that is that he would probably punch me back, okay? That's probably what I deserve, right? But imagine I got into an argument with a, with a policeman or with the king of England, or the President of the United States, and imagine I punched him, the consequence would be much worse. In fact, the punishment would be much worse because of who we've offended. We've disobeyed the God of the entire universe, the one who's bigger than the stars, the one whose love we can't even comprehend because it's so amazing. He's so much greater than we could ever imagine, so much more wonderful than we could ever imagine, and this is the person that we've disobeyed. This is the person that we've, we've offended. So it deserves quite a serious punishment. But what did Jesus say he must do? Can anyone remember? He said that he must bring all of his sheep back to himself. In other words, Jesus is the rescuer. He rescues us from the danger of death. He rescues us from the danger of what our actions deserve. And he brings us into safety. He brings us into eternal life, into a relationship with God. And how exactly does he do it? Well, he tells us, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The punishment we deserve is death. Not just physical death, but but separation from God, separation from everything that's good, everything that's joyful, separation from him forever. And yet Jesus says, I will lay down my life to rescue the sheep. We've talked about Jesus' love, how his love for us is so great that it would even cause him to lay down his life. Well, this is what he does. Remember, God has to punish sin, but Jesus takes our punishment, and so we're rescued. The Things that we've done wrong have been punished, but they've been punished in Jesus, and we've been rescued. So a little bit like if anyone here plays hockey or netball, if there's a substitute in hockey or netball, someone comes off the pitch, and someone else goes on the pitch. In a sense, that's what Jesus has done. We've escaped punishment, and Jesus has taken it for us. It's so, a bit like if you're in school and you got a detention. Imagine somebody sat in detention for you and you could go free. Imagine you, when you're older, have a, have a fine to pay, a penalty to pay, and somebody pays it for you and you go free. Imagine somebody sits in prison for you and you go free. What does Jesus say? I've laid down my life for the sheep. Jesus goes to death for us. He actually voluntarily lets himself be nailed to a cross and die on the cross, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as he dies there, God, the Father, is punishing his son instead of punishing us. Jesus voluntarily takes our place, takes our punishment, so that we can be rescued. He's the king who is greater than the universe, who loves us so dearly, and he rescues us by taking our punishment. So I'm going to finish with this, and then we're done. What do we have to do? What do we have to do to actually get this rescue, uh, to be brought out of death and to be brought into God's family, into God's kingdom? In a sense, we don't have to do anything, but we do have to trust in Jesus to do something. We have to trust that Jesus has done something for us. It's all a gift, and we just trust him. Remember what Jesus said? What does the sheep do? His sheep hear his voice, they know him and they listen to his voice. All we do is we listen to his message and we trust him. And we can come to him and we can know him. and We can have heaven with him. So many people uh, don't listen to Jesus' voice. Uh, they, they ignore his voice. They almost view the Bible a little bit like a Disney movie, like we said at the start. Really good story, uh, but not relevant for me. But there are other people who, who view this almost like the, uh, almost like the war announcement at the start. They think, wow, I really was in danger. I really have disobeyed God. I really deserved his punishment. But Jesus took it for me so that I can be with God. It's an announcement of rescue, and we have to simply trust it. So, what is your response to the girls? What's your response? Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you actually experienced the rescue that he offers? to everyone else, to the parents, to uh, everyone in this building uh, this this morning, um, have you trusted in his message? Have you trusted in him? Have you heard his voice and believed him? Have you received rescue? Have you been set free from what you deserve? Free to know God, to be in his family, to be in a relationship with him, to have the hope of heaven with him and with Jesus, our risen king, our risen shepherd, to watch over us, to bless us, in the place where there's no sadness, there's no death, there's no sorrow, there's no end. Have you trusted in Him? Have you been rescued by Him? Have you been rescued from the danger of death into the, into the presence of God, into the family and the kingdom of God? Um, if, you, if you've never thought about this before, uh, we would encourage you to think about it. At least don't ignore it. Uh, ask questions about it. Uh, girls at the front, ask questions about it. Uh, talk about it. Uh, explore it more because it really is so important, just make sure that you're not the person who ignores the voice of Jesus, who ignores the voice of the shepherd and his offer for for rescue and for life.